You're listening to KDNK's Public Affairs Program for Land's Sake. I'm Bill Kite, your host. And today we're lucky to have with us John Armstrong, who is the president of the board of directors for the nonprofit Crystal Valley Environmental Protection Association. Welcome, John. Hi, Bill. Thanks for the invite. Glad, glad you could make it into the studio with us today. Uh, first of all, uh, a lot of people don't know about SAVEPA, as we call it, and about you. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became the president of <laughs> Crystal Valley Environmental well, Protection Association. I kind of got drafted, but... <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes. Been, I'd been with Savepa probably, uh, oh, I think I think 15 years. And uh, our one of our previous uh, presidents was Peter Westcott, and he had, he had uh, shepherded the organization for years, I think 30 years, if I'm correct, which is an awfully long time. So, uh, but... Uh, but yeah, I, I'm proud to be part of Savepa. It's got a long history in the valley, and, and it's funny that you mentioned not everybody's heard of Savepa, and and uh, which is ironic because I think that, and, and when I say we, I'm talking about our forebears, our forefathers, and mothers in Savepa. The work that they've done is uh, so instrumental in in shaping the valley, and uh, uh, I'm always surprised when people haven't heard of Savepa. Right. So you are known to some people, though, when you were with uh, Pitkin Valley uh, Open Space and Trails. You were a ranger with them. How, tell us a little bit about that oh, experience. Pitkin County Open Space and Trails uh, Ranger Program. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was a deputy for, for Bob Broaddus in the sheriff's office, and I heard that this uh, position was coming open of, of ranger, and I, I told a buddy of mine, you know, you should apply for this. And, I, and then I started thinking, wait a sec, <laughs> the, the, right. this may be tailor-made for me uh, because it's always been one of my passions and, and I moved out here uh, to Carbondale in 1971 to go to the Mountain College for natural resources management. So I started to think about it and uh, I applied for the job and, and uh, I, I, knew, I knew Dale Will a little bit, uh, Gary Tenenbaum a little bit from, from deputy work and I was lucky enough to get the job in the really the uh, uh, formative days of that ranger program. I think there was were two rangers, a lead ranger and, and a helper at the time. So, uh, so it was it was very challenging. Uh, I loved the job, and, and uh, I also have always said that uh, it was being a ranger in the land of entitlement, where. <laughs> you, you, you'd have eighty-year-old uh, millionaires who had never been told no, so it, it was challenging. I, I bet it was. Yeah, it's a great, I, uh, great program. I, th- I thought you did a good job with that uh, with that Ranger program. So hats off to you. So tell us a little bit about what Savepa is uh, and how you got involved with with it, if you could, at the very start, and then what what happens, what what you end up doing. We'll talk maybe later about some projects. Sure. Uh, well, Savepa was founded uh, 50 years ago this year in in marble, and it was all marble and redstone people. And uh, I was lucky enough to meet a lot of them, and and they were old people. They were like 65 years old. <laughs> and now you and I think <laughs> now we're there, we beyond. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but uh, but uh, they they were uh, formed as a group to to fight the marble ski area which they recognized as uh, 
uh, a real threat to the environment of, of the Upper Crystal Valley in that the, uh, the, the ski area had proposed building a town the, si- the size of Grand Junction at that time, uh, wow. 25,000, 26,000 people in the Upper Valley, in the Marble Valley, with basically no infrastructure. They, uh, you know, they could string electrical wires, but they had no water and sewer contingencies, and, uh, and uh, they, they had some, some dough from some uh, development projects on the eastern slope. But they came in and they said that we're going to develop this valley like God would if he had the money. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so they got off on, the, on a good footing right there. I guess, yeah. And uh, and uh, people like uh, Paula Meshaw, uh, Marge Orlowski, Leo Pascal, Lloyd Blue, uh, Karen Lindquist. I know I'm going to miss a few, but uh, and, and interestingly, uh, a lot of women in the founding fathers of Savepa, but uh, they were mostly older folks that had lived there quite a while and recognized the. Uh, the threat to the valley, and it was a very, very, not unlike now, perhaps a very divisive time in the crystal, because the the economy up there was almost non-existent. Uh, There's a little bit of tourism. The Beaver Lake Lodge was there. Uh, the Darien Ranch ran some cabins and rented horses, but really, there there was the marble sh- quarry was shut down. Um, there wasn't much for economy. So some people thought, oh, this is this is the uh, 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 the the great new development that's that's going to make me rich or whatever. Right. So uh, so yeah, it, it was uh, very polarizing. What inspired you? You you mentioned that you came here to go to school uh, back in what was the date again? Seventy one. Yeah. yeah. Um, what inspired you to get involved with the land and and the management of the land and and what was what was it or who was it got you inspired for that? Well, that's interesting because um, I, I I actually uh, was invited to uh, uh, to Rivers Unitarian Universalist a few weeks ago, and and uh, and they asked me some of these questions. So so uh, I hope anybody listening doesn't get bored by hearing this again. But uh, I I, uh, I don't think I became an environmentalist. I, I think I was born that way, and. Uh, I guess it was ne- never a, a question for me. I guess the uh, the big thing is uh, the giving back thing. I, I think this valley has been so so good to me and to all all my friends, to you, right, and, absolutely, and to my family, and, and uh, it's the reason that we all love it so much. So giving back was not really an option. I guess it was a matter of how and and when and. Uh, so I was really lucky uh, when I, when I went to the mountain college. I just went two quarters, and uh, and the, a job came, a job offer came up at the old uh, tree nursery out at Crown Mountain. So I I dropped out after two quarters, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go back. But this was a good opportunity, right. and, and never went back. To never school. went back. <laughs> uh, and, and working for the Forest Service was certainly a, a good foundation for for what was to come. Uh, and at the tree nursery, I met this older man, a very cool man who was retired from the Soil Conservation Service, and Leo Pascal. And he had worked all over the world on, on different assignments, and, uh, and he had a cabin up in Marble. 
so we became really good friends and uh i i've always loved my relationships with older people because they're kind of the the mentors leo certainly became a mentor of mine and uh and I went away that year. I went to Alaska, worked for the Forest Service that fall. When I came back down, I asked Leo, uh, you know, do you know of any places up in Marble? And he, he directed me to Gus Darien, and I rented uh, a cabin with no plumbing and a wood stove from Gus Darien down on the river there. And, uh, and that winter, when I was visiting with Leo, he said, I want you to come downtown, downtown Marble, and meet some of these people. And, and the, there were the founding fathers and mothers of Savepa at Lloyd Blue's kitchen table in, in right. downtown Marble. So I feel really fortunate to have met those people. Uh, and they were still in the formative stages of, of uh, environmental activism. So uh, I didn't stay with Savepa at that time, kind of wished I had, but I, I was pretty young and... Uh, uh, anyway, it, it was a, it's a great memory to to have. Right, for sure. Um, some of the projects you're, you're doing uh, this year are important because, like you said, it's your 50th anniversary. So what do you have planned? Anything special planned for that uh, celebration? Well, we do, and, and thanks for asking because we're going to have our 50th birthday party out at uh, Jason Sewell's Sunfire Ranch which is uh, the old Sewell Ranch on Lower Thompson Creek, which just went into conservation last year. It and, did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it's and, great. And it, it's a beautiful, beautiful property. And uh, the fact that it's right on the, the banks of Thompson Creek with everything that's happening with the Thompson Divide movement and the, the uh, legislation that's, that's pending and everything, it, it's... it's uh, pretty profound that that's where we're going to celebrate on august 21st so i hope you'll come out and i hope the public comes out we're going to have uh maggie fox as our keynote speaker and uh natalie spears and jackson emmer and a friend playing music on the riverbank so it's really it's going to be a lovely event well that'll be a lot of fun i both uh jackson and and uh, my friends there that play uh uh music are just they're great, and to have them there in that setting would be fantastic. It really would be, yeah, for sure. Pretty local grown, so. Yep. You're listening to KDNK's For Land's Sake, and today our guest is John Armstrong, president and of the board of directors for Crystal Valley Environmental Protection Association. John, uh, with your experience under your belt, what are the three biggest challenges you see for the Crystal River Valley uh, coming up on us? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, well, let's just start with one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you gave me a little heads up on this to, to think about it. But, you know, uh, one of the things, like I mentioned, was this name recognition and, and not for any um, uh, cer- certainly fame. Uh, it doesn't need to be famous or anything, but but to have that name recognition of uh people that have worked so hard and and really what we're doing uh, is the environmental defense and we're the only volunteer totally volunteer organization that uh, is totally devoted to environmental defense of of the Crystal Valley and there's a number of other groups that certainly that we work with uh, that have that um, that goal as well but but we're the environmental watchdog of the crystal so 
what I really, and this may sound funny because it's not really an environmental issue so much, but it may be the biggest challenge that we have is succession. Because uh, uh, you and I, I, I think, are we're 70 years old. Our, our founders of Savepa uh, were elders. And uh, who's going to, who are we going to pass the torch to that's going to stand up to, on some of these, many of these key issues that uh, continue to come up? It's not like there's not job security in, in environmental defense. So uh, to that end, we were able to recruit three uh young men two born and they were born and raised in the uh in in the valley in the area this year so we have three members on our seven member board that are are uh new and local and enthusiastic and and uh and vested in the environment so that i think that's really a big one is is who's going to continue the work of sebep into the next uh half century right right so uh, you mentioned about the anniversary. Once again, it's on August the 21st. What time will that start, John? We're going to have tours of uh, Casey. Oh, I'm lacking his name, but Casey with uh, Seeds for Peace. He's got some fabulous greenhouses, and he does terrific work out on the banks of, of Thompson Creek at the Sewell Sunfire Ranch. And there's going to be tours of Casey's facility and... Uh, Casey Picara, Picaris, something like that, and uh, and so there'll be tours of of Casey's uh, project as well as Sunfire Ranch, and then we'll have uh, Maggie Fox, who is, is a terrific speaker. She's been uh, involved in climate change mitigation f- for years, and uh, she she's the uh, wife of, of Mark Udall, and I heard both Mark and Maggie speak last year and, and and she was quite inspirational. So, so I'm really looking forward to that too. So mark that on your calendars for August 21st, the 50th anniversary of Savepa. It's going to be a lot of fun there on the banks of the Thompson Creek. So, so could I put in another uh, challenge? That we sure. Have? Go for it. And th- this is a funny one because it's us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are the challenge because uh, I, I know, you and I both love to get out in in, in the in, in nature, in the environment, and and when we can in the wilderness. And uh, we are not alone. And, and COVID has uh, really uh, even I hate to use the word exacerbate, but it's really even driven home uh, the issue of so many people heading to the woods. And every time we leave our our uh, house our town we have an impact where we go so uh i think recreational impact is one of the biggest things that we have to uh, to deal with in the crystal valley and you bring up uh, the idea that it's it's true from my perspective of seeing people that got into the uh, outdoors and even the wilderness that didn't know what they were doing uh and left a lot of garbage and didn't know how to take care of of the outdoors and so that leaves us with a responsibility, I suppose, to educate uh, folks ab- about that that are coming newbies into the into the outdoor scene, but don't really have an outdoor ethic or know how to act in it. So that's that's a good point. I'll have to emphasize there myself. Um, what would it take? <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a, <clears throat> a um, 
a futuristic question. I, I ask this a lot of, of guests on the show. And um, what would it take, money, leadership, what, um, to get Savepa's goals accomplished? Well, that's an interesting one. And, and I think it, uh, we, uh, again, we, we are totally volunteer. I don't think we've ever had a, a paid anything uh, right in fifty years and uh and that's pretty unusual, but I think uh luring uh enticing uh young environmentalists and and young i i, I say meaning anyone under seventy <laughs> but uh, but yeah uh new people with with uh uh energy for uh Saving the the crystal and keeping the crystal as as pristine or as much the way it is or the way it was, uh, I think that's that would be my my biggest dream is when uh, when I pass the torch that there's a, a strong board of energetic uh, people that are willing to stand tough for the uh, values that we cherish. And certainly money isn't everything, is it? There's there a lot of things we can do without money that uh, we don't think about sometimes to to save what places we really love. And and there was one big threat in the past to the valley that was in the form of a dam. Can you talk a little bit about that, just to let people know what kind of threats the valley's faced over the years? Yeah, yeah, because that was after the uh, <clears throat> after the defeat of the marble ski area. The the next uh, threat was were the two dams the Oz the, Res, the Osgood and Placida dams and the Osgood would have flooded Redstone which uh, how likely that would have been I, I guess I really can't say but the more likely one would have been Placida and that's still uh, that's still a specter that's out there the water was going to go to the uh, uh, West the West Divide project was what it was called, and the water would be tunneled over under McClure Pass, uh, over to the uh, Divide Creek area above Silt, and it was designed or purported to be uh, water for agricultural use for the ranches over there. But everyone knew that uh, that it would more likely be used in the oil shale effort, which was a very very strong effort at the time. So. Uh, I think most people that are familiar with the Crystal Valley know Placida is that really uh, tight spot, that narrow spot in the valley before you break out in McClure Flats, before you turn off to Marble. And the canyon's very uh, narrow right there. There's a couple of uh, old yellow mining buildings that are left there. But picture a dam 301 feet tall there. 301 feet tall. It's mind-boggling to me. And uh, when, I, when I drive through that, I, I try to even imagine that. And, uh, and where would the road around the reservoir go? What would it look like? It probably looked great when it was full for a couple of weeks. And, and then it would, and, and the geology is so uh, unstable up there, but it would have backed the water up to almost the, uh, the Darien Ranch, the, the bridge. It would have flooded, flooded Bogan Flats. And, uh, wow. And uh, so... It, that conditional water right was 
back in the 60s, I believe, was, was when that was all designed. And I really have to hand, uh, take my hat off to Bill Yoakum's old Redstone local, who was on the Svepa board and uh, is still on the Healthy Rivers and Streams, Pickens County board. And, and Bill worked so hard and uh, got Pickens County on board as well to get finally get the uh, West Divide uh, group to relinquish their uh, conditional water rights, which they had had for half a century. And that was only in the last, I think it might have been already 10 years ago, but n no more than that. What are some of the other threats that have happened over the years that SVEPA has brought to the public's attention? Uh, an interesting one that, that I was n never involved with, but this was more of a Mike Mayshow, born and raised at Redstone. Mike Mayshow, his mother was a founding mother of Savepa, and uh, and uh, past president Chuck Downey was very uh, involved in this as well. But uh, reclamation of coal basin, because when Midcontinent Coal and Coke pulled out in I think it was ninety one, they uh, they had a pitifully inadequate bond that they had posted illegally. And uh, and then they declared bankruptcy. When the, the, that bond was used up, the state said, well, the money's gone. I guess we're done. And uh, the, the reclamation had had barely begun. So with Savepa and local energy, and especially uh, the Meishows, there was uh, uh, $4.5 million were spent on reclamation in, in the coal basin area. And now, with uh, with the methane mitigation issue, that is all coming uh, uh, up as a very hot topic. So, yeah, the reclamation—that's a very difficult place to do reclamation, and and I think a pretty good job was done up with that money. Uh, exactly. And, and so it, it it needed to be done, and wouldn't have been if you guys had not had not blew the whistle on it, I would say. Well, and, and so Savepa is back in the picture. Uh, we are, we are sub of course, supportive of, of uh, mitigation of methane gas, which is the, seems to be the worst of the, uh, uh, cl the climate, the global warming uh, gases. And one of our uh, biggest pushes is that anything done in coal basin, if there is anything done in coal basin, that the reclamation will continue and that they will leave it a better place than it is already. So uh, big challenges up there. And, and again, that can be a polarizing issue. Some people don't think anyone should uh, uh, touch coal basin if the amount of gas that is said to be there uh, emanating from the, the seams every day uh, if that's true, then it's low-hanging fruit as far as uh, climate mitigation. And climate mitigation is pretty important these days, isn't it? I mean, we, we need to really think seriously about, about that. It's hot out there. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, any other projects that people might be interested in helping with and, um, that you've, you're taking on at this point? Well, th this is not uh, our project 
certainly per se, but uh, there is a work day coming up, and I, I should have the information on that, but it's in the, in the Coal Basin area with the uh, Katana Foundation and Coal Basin Ranch where uh, they're looking for volunteers, so I'm sure the information is, is easy to get out there. Uh, but uh, we've been very active in the Lead King Loop uh, ATV uh, impact And, and if you're interested, too, and you're listening, uh, you can go to their website and learn a lot of information about the Crystal Valley Environmental Protection Association. Thank you, John, for being with us today. really Thanks appreciate it. And uh, until next time, Monday, August the 8th at 4 p.m., whatever you do to Mother Nature, do it for land's sake.